And welcome back to your Business Boys Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Farknoli, and I'm joined with... Paul Molinari. Paul, as usual, take us away with the first topic. Look, Ben, I told you earlier today, I'm saying it again. I want to talk about mobile apps for food service. Let's go. Okay. I'm not talking DoorDash. I'm not talking Grubhub. I'm talking your Wendy's app, your McDonald's app, your Chipotle app. Now, Ben... Mm -hmm. There are a number of benefits that come with these apps for both the consumer and the cost, uh, the consumer and the producer. Look, when you get someone downloading your mobile app, you have their email and you can send them notifications, right? That's marketing. That's pushing out new items you're having on your menu, making them want to come back. On top of that, there's an efficiency benefit for the store, right? You don't have to take the order. It comes up on the screen, all right? So there's, there's a benefit for the, uh, for the producer. On the consumer side, Right. These these services are pushing out coupons on their apps. Right. Just for getting the app. You open your McDonald's app. You didn't even have to you didn't even have to get McDonald's before you could get oh maybe an extra four nuggets for a dollar. So there's a benefit for the consumer. And Ben, I, I have you ever been using these mobile apps? Because in my opinion, I'd strongly recommend them. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, there's some times like with Chipotle's mobile order app, I'll go to Chipotle and I'll just sit in the parking lot, order on my phone and then walk in. Because I'm like that favorable of mobile order apps. I'd rather do that. I like I can order quick, like more uh, more quickly on a mobile app than I could in person. And I'd rather do that. And also, there's I mean, it's quieter. My car to order. It's always it's much nicer. I can order my own environment. I can order ahead and just drive up, pick it up, and leave. I'm a big proponent of mobile orders. I agree with you. Like we we see this big upside from the consumer, and then on the same on the flip side, the producer also has this big benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I think this kind of gets into the, like the Andrew Yang type of territory, right? With what he talks about uh, in terms of the, this big unemployment wave that he predicts. And I, I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with that, right? Because we both have this understanding of economics. The labor will be fluid, right? The labor will move to other areas that this this route of taking orders may have been inefficient, but that labor will find a place where it can be efficient. So coding, developing technologies, developing intellectual property. The labor will go somewhere. But I think it's best that we like we take it out of these kind of low-yield areas, right? There's not much that's added to society right. when Paul Monari builds a, a burger at Wendy's. But when Paul Monari's out there practicing law, building a business, those are better things. And so I, I think it's good that we, right. we can see the transfer of, of labor skills from this technology. And clearly, there are more of these menial labor jobs than we need. I mean, you look at the unemployment rate, but you look at the, the labor market, they say that there's a labor shortage. They don't mean that there's a shortage in people. Uh, they don't mean that there's a shortage in job openings. There's a shortage mm-hmm. of people who are willing to, to not only take those jobs, but work consistently right. at them. And and I have to agree with you. I mean, I, I see no, there's no short-term harm, and I don't think we'll see much long-term harm. Now, Ben, you mentioned was, you mentioned something to me earlier about uh, tipping, right? Uh, mm-hmm. There are some, so DoorDash, like I said, we're not yep. going to talk about, but I'm going to talk about them. Uh, <laughs> it, it, can you explain that to me? They, they raise the amount you pay next to them if you don't tip? Is that... Yeah, so my understanding is they actually have AI algorithms that will set the price based on your previous tipping history. So if you're somebody who tips regularly, you'll end up getting the lowest price. But if you choose not to tip, they will adjust their algorithm in order to compensate their drivers fairly. 
And I think that's uh, that's kind of an interesting idea. I Like, personally, for a mobile order app, when there's so much disconnect between the person that's actually serving you, I would rather see a fair, a fair salary for the driver calculated in on the price rather than leaving up to tipping. Um, but I, I think there's a great way for them to kind of leave that door open while still uh, being able to compensate their drivers fairly. That They know that if somebody chooses not to tip, they'll make sure that their drivers get compensated. Yeah, so our next topic, I'd like to talk about kind of like this airline recovery and where we think this is going to go. We know that the airlines still have not jumped uh, jumped back up to their pre-pandemic levels. I, 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 I hold several investments in certain airlines. I don't know if Paul has anything, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm very, very bullish. I'm very confident on the airline industry. I think it's coming back. Um, I think it really is already, it's returned fairly close to normal, right? We're, we're maybe a, an extra 10% to go in terms of getting getting back to normal, but the stock price is nowhere near that recovery. So I want, I want to hear your opinion, Paul. What do you think is going to happen in the next couple of years, maybe next few months? Oh, I, I am very bullish on, on airlines. Um, I think I, I, there are a lot of people saying that they're not going to recover uh, mm-hmm. back to what they were. There are a lot of people saying business travel has been hurt badly by the pandemic because now we have stuff like zoom yeah there are a lot of zoom meetings but business travel is still a thing i know multiple businessmen that are still traveling um and you know people are people are eager to see each other in person again um and i mean not only that but i mean people it seems that that people in the markets are becoming bullish because these these airline if you look at the airline etf jets right and it's mm-hmm. still still generally on a rise right um yep. you know i i we're seeing kind of, I mean, the beginning to uh, a new era, era. <laughs> but I think uh, I, I'm bullish over the next four years. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, don't, it's not just airlines though. You know, it's cruise lines, uh, it's it's travel in general that I think is is recovering. Uh, people people like traveling, Ben, not just for business for vacation. These airlines are going to make a full recovery, in my prediction. Right, absolutely. I think if anything, like we'll, we might even see inflationary prices in the next two years, based off of this this pent up demand everybody expects. Um, I think you'll definitely see that in other service industries. I'm not confident that'll affect the airline industry because I know the airline industry is pretty balanced, fifty fifty between business and uh, uh, tra- uh, like travel as vacations. Right. Um, and so I, I think the the business there's no pent up demand in terms of business travel. I think if anything, we might see a small decline there. But I think the the pent up demand of vacation travelers will fill that void and keep the prices stable for the next few years until the business travel tr- business travelers are ready to come back out again. Yeah, so I think right, it's it's absolutely. a pretty stable investment. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, Dis- hey, Disney World, all these things are opening back up, and yeah. and we saw that during this summer, everyone wanted to go somewhere. Ben, where are you right now? Uh, right now I'm in Atlanta. Yeah. Hey, I fly out there. I flew out to DC, flew out to Atlanta. I was gonna fly out to DC. That would have been that would have been really fun. I, I said we we missed out um mm-hmm. on, on business boys and uh, the whole the whole shebang. But um you know, it's like like I said, people are eager to get out there. So no, absolutely. I think people are tired of being at home. They've 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 kind of they've actually been given an opportunity to explore a lot about different nations well in their homes, right? And they've had that opportunity to dream and develop a vision for where they'd like to go. And I think that's all going to come out soon. I think that'll that'll balance the the kind of hesitation we'll see from business travelers now that they've seen these new, more efficient options. One one thing I'd actually like to ask you: What do you think about that business travel aspect? Like, do you do you think it makes sense for them to to uh, utilize these Zoom avenues and kind of virtual meetings, or do you think people are still going to see the value in in-face meetings and in-person meetings and and still choose to travel? 
think it's a mix of both. You know, I, mm -hmm. I have parents who, who have to go to meetings sometimes, you know, um, those for, for much of the time are on zoom. Um, I mean, for example, I see my mom go into work for meetings and I see her do them at home. Uh, I, I think there are some trivial meetings that will be on Zoom. Uh, and I think there might be some big meetings that are also going to be on Zoom. I mean, we see in the stock market, meetings with shareholders, uh, you, you can attend them online, right? Yeah. Um, but I do think that, I think that there will be a decline in uh, the, I think there's going to be an increase in the usage of online meetings and a decline in, in uh in-person meetings, but I think both will be evident. So, uh, you know, I think, I think both areas, I, I don't know about investing in things like zoom right now. Uh, I think, I don't know if the mark has been missed. Um, but I, I'm definitely very bullish on, on mm -hmm. travel because I think meetings are, are going to be in person more often. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of wonder if the market would react to this increased inf efficiency from zoom meetings, right? Like a, if it's just meeting, meaning that kind of, inefficient meetings are now just done on zoom. You get 15 minutes, you log on, you log off, you're good. And then that leaves room for like the, the kind of big money meetings, the more uh, productive meetings right. to be done in person. Um, or if just people go to all zoom meetings and now people are able to cut the time of travel, right? If you had to travel for three hours, now you can make three extra business calls. You can make three extra sales calls and make those extra sales. So I wonder if the market will react to that increased in efficiency now that we kind of can see this wide scale adoption of virtual meetings. Right. And, and you know, I, I like to touch up what, what meetings are we talking about? You know, are we, um, you know, is it a trivial meeting or is it, is it uh, a meeting where you're going to trust someone with a lot of money? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, and you want to meet them, you know, I think those that will always be in person, you know, people will always want uh, to meet someone that they're going to have to trust greatly. I'm right. going to want to shake their hand, Ben, you know, you're not going to want to have to put your trust in someone who you've never seen in person before. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, online, there's always this gray area, right? There's always this kind of curve, uh, because you can change the way that people perceive you very easily. Uh, in right. person, in person, you see uh, the raw materials that a man is made out of or woman. And, um, you know, I go, we went to an all guys school. All right, whatever. You got to uh, be inclusive. Right. So, uh, you know, that's just that's just how it is. No, I absolutely agree. I think these these high stakes meeting will these high stakes meetings will continue to be in person, regardless of uh, what happens in terms of online meetings. But I do think we could see maybe maybe more high stakes meetings occurring because there's more time available because the time taken for these semantics meetings are now done online. I think that's interesting to think about. Think about. All right, and that concludes our episode of the Business Boys Podcast. Once again, I'm Benjamin Fargnoli, and I'm Paul Molinari. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>